0: Ladies and gentlemen, as the great Alex Ristic has once said, we're just back in our element. It's Motor City Sound episode number 60. I'm Mitch McCartney, joined once again by Alex Ristic, who is quote unquote back in his element here at the Rise Network Studios in Shelby Township, Michigan. What's going on, my dude? (laughs) Not much, dude. I see you are just chilling. I am chilling.
1: I'm, I'm laying down on the couch right now, microphone in hand, ready to talk some ball if that's not in my element, I, I don't have an
0: element. I, you look it up. I don't know. I doubt it's in the, in the dictionary. You know, I feel like it's not a very commonly used phrase, but if it were in the dictionary, this that, would be that, that's me taking a picture, uh, for all those of you that can't see this, which is in fact, everyone that's listening to this podcast, but you're, you're, you're missing visual. out. You're missing out. If, if you can't see it, right. We wish you were here, but you in fact are not, but he said it. We're going to be talking some ball. um, Lions have played two games. Michigan State has played three. Uh, people had some expectations for these teams. For Lions, I feel like it was a varying amount of expectations, whether they were going to be good, whether they were going to be bad. And Honestly, I feel like you could kind of say the same for Michigan State. Maybe they were a little bit inflated because of how great Kenneth Walker was there last year. But nevertheless, they have both started their seasons. They've both had losses. They've both had wins. We're going to go over those. We're going to talk has our expectations changed at all for the Lions or for the Michigan State Spartans. So, let's go ahead and start it off here with the Lions by the way. Was at the game Sunday and I do just want to say one the voice is still kind of recovering a little bit. But two, <laughs> I've been to many football games in my life. I've been a lot to a lot of Michigan games in my life. And I know, I know the Big House is not a closed Roof, so obviously Ford Field has a big advantage in that department with it being a closed roof But I have never ever been in a building that was even close to as loud as it was in Ford Field on Sunday Not even close
1: dude. That's insane because game one. Obviously, you know, we know it was sold out They had standing room only going right and game one. It was very loud very loud third down came for the defense You couldn't even hear yourself think right so I, I didn't go last week um so I would love to be able to juxtapose it to Game One, dude. It was nuts. But I know for the I know for a fact that
0: the ticket sales were not the same. So there was more people in Game One. And but I will I will say this: I didn't I I I don't know a ton about the ticket sales, but yeah. I know I didn't hear that it was sold out like Game One. But right. I, I will say this: having been there, it was it had to be damn close. There was not very many empty seats at all. I mean, towards the very very like I'm talking maybe the last three rows of the stadium, there was a couple. But for the most which which may have may or may not have been where I was seated. But um no, there was like there was not a lot of seats available. It had to be close to a sellout. And you should have heard I mean it was loud in general, but when Hutch first got that sack and then obviously the two after that, it exploded. Man, I, I was getting they, they started rocking the Billy Jean oh, after man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was
1: a great time. I started getting texts from people who were at the game that was like, dude, this place might burn down this this place might burn down. I heard people were throwing beers like out of out of happiness and joy, not like Dude, pissed. Like nuts. they were just like it was it was mob mentality I heard in there.
0: Everyone oh. was everyone was just going nuts. No, it it was great. It was an amazing time. I that was me personally. That was my first uh regular season Lions game in a long time and I was telling all the people I uh I had went with. I was like, "Guys, I think we might have picked the best Lions game day in the past maybe three, two, three years to go to? Maybe more. <laughs> we, we, we nailed it. We nailed it. Yeah, we you picked the it. game to go to. Dude,
1: you might have to start getting tickets every week. You're 1-0 in the last, I don't know how many seasons. I feel like I'm fucking... Owen oh, something I, I I have a bad record in person in Lions games. Really? I will say that. Yeah Well, you know, I go to I go to an away game every year just you know, my bucket list is to is to, to see every stadium, right? See, I gotta start doing that. Yeah, it's awesome. Great tradition with great people, you know mm-hmm. but um, so I've I've been fortunate enough to go to Baltimore uh, Dallas
0: Philadelphia and where were we last year? Oh, we Real we're quick favorite stadium other than Fort Field. So you've been to SoFi, so SoFi, dude, yeah. that place can, is Narnia, and we can both speak for that. Yeah, that
1: yeah, yeah. You've been wild. Yeah, we,
0: we went for the it's Super Bowl. Beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's unbelievable. Awesome. Um, I wish you, I wish you guys would have been able to see it on game day, despite, despite like them not being a crazy home crowd. Dude, there's like the seating is so comfortable. The legroom for every seat is unbelievable. So like I, I got season tickets to the Lions at Ford Field, and like. Dude, my my arms are crossed. Like I'm a bigger guy, you know, but my arms are crossed. My oh, legs yeah. are fucking my. I'm I'm squeezing my not legs. Not engineered for comfort. Not engineered for comfort, dude. SoFi, quite literally, not even exaggerating. Like they literally engineered it for comfort. Food is so good too. Food's good. Everything there's good, man. I I love SoFi. And then I guess I would say the second best stadium. You would think it's AT and T. It's not. AT and T looks like a NASA space station outside. But once you get inside, it's it's kind of just like Ford Field with a big-ass scoreboard. Mm-hmm. It's nothing special. I really enjoyed Lincoln Financial. Philly was awesome oh, through really? and through. Okay. Yeah. The city of Philly was awesome. We had a party, a great party there. Um,
0: Philly was probably my best trip, my favorite trip by far. Sweet. I've always wanted to go to th- All right. So let's get into it now. So we're going to be going over... The Lions. We'll start with the Lions. Their first two games: Week One against Philly and Week Two against the Commanders. And we'll start with the bread and butter of really all offensive football, and that's the offensive line. That's the running game. We had guys really, really fucking step up for us, though. Evan Brown at center. Dan Skipper. Should we like? How big of a fucking extension do we have to give Hank Fraley? Because life, I don't understand. Life, dude. Lifetime. That's what I'm saying. Lifetime. I don't understand how that just happened,
1: dude. This guy is producing starting NFL talent at the
0: offensive line position through and through from practice squad guys. They're deep. I mean, they were statistically and it's, it's not much, it's 10 yards, but they were better rushing the football week two than week one with practice squad dudes.
1: Right. And obviously, you know, a lot of that goes into matchups, right? If Philly's got an unbelievable defensive front front seven for Philly's unbelievable. And obviously the commanders have a really good defensive line as well, but they were missing a, uh, Jonathan Allen, right? They were missing chase Chase Young. young, you know, so they're missing a couple of their big pieces, but I mean, to be fair, we were missing our three biggest pieces on the, in the inside of our O line, right? So our left guard all the way to our right guard was out and we still prevailed. And actually we looked fantastic Brian Baldinger brings it breaks it down on Twitter all the time. I love his videos because he he's an absolute whore for the Lions offensive line. He mm-hmm. loves us, right? Um, and 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 honestly, dude, Hank Hank Fraley's an absolute beast. And there's a reason why he was kept, to be honest, from the last regime. Yeah. He's the only guy in the building that's been here through uh the the Quinn Trisha era, right? And I think there's a reason for that. And and this guy, if he doesn't get an opportunity to get a promotion elsewhere, I pray to God he stays here and coaches this whole line because he's done nothing but great things since he's been here
0: That's what scares me though, too is so I feel like so often you see You know some of these great offensive coordinators like before you you, know, you go down the line What were they here here and here somewhere? They're an offensive line coach like yep. it's sensed it tends to be you know, like Andy Reid one of the great offensive uh, Offensive minds was an all lineman when he was when he was in his playing days. So Listen, I really hope we can keep Hank Fraley because what I just saw from last week, regardless of who Washington was missing, that's impressive, man. Not to mention that Dan Skipper's 6'9", playing guard. Yeah,
1: no, dude, <laughs> honestly, Stenberg's a big boy, too, really. Yeah. I, through and through, I mean, these guys, obviously, they're. I played offensive line in my day, right? Not to go down that road and say, oh, back oh, in my yeah, day, yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> brag, toot my own horn or whatever. No, but listen, I understand the day-to-day of an offensive lineman. I understand the indie drills and all that that goes into it, the film sessions, and to be honest, everything gets taught from the starters to the fourth stringers. Everything gets taught the exact same way. And every single lineman gets the exact same amount of reps. When you're doing indie drills, every single guy goes X amount of times. Right. Right. It's not like, Oh, uh, Sue will get back up there and do it again because you're more important than the next guy. No, it's, you just got done. Now you're grabbing the pad and now the guy behind you is hitting. And then it's like a continuous rotation. Mm -hmm. So, Everyone's getting the reps, so obviously whatever he's teaching, it's working beautifully. The guys are receptive to it, and they obviously respect the hell out of him because he's pulling shit out of his bag that, I mean, it's clearly working. So when, when you see the product come from practice and, and from the facility and you see it come onto the field and translate, I mean, that's everything you need to buy into something.
0: Oh, yeah. I, there already was buy-in, but that right there I think creates more if there is was any lack of it that we didn't see as fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's get to this, and it does obviously involve the running game. I feel like there really isn't much to say about these two guys. I feel like we kind of know what we got. Do you have any thoughts, you know, that would be interesting to this podcast of DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams? Besides, hey, I mean, they're they're running right behind their line. They're doing their job. Um, I think that DeAndre Swift is
1: one of the the most special players in the NFL. Okay. I think Jamal Williams is is um, good in his role. I think he's easily replaceable. Maybe not with intangibles and uh, team chemistry, right? Agreed. Yeah. So I'm talking For strictly sure. X's and O's in football here. He's very replaceable. Get a mm-hmm. hard-nosed runner. Um, has the ability to catch a ball. He's not the greatest pass blocker, right? So he, he he's not exactly who I want to key on. I want to key on DeAndre Swift. His ability to make a man miss, to extend plays, to get open, to make something out of nothing. Mitch, when I tell you I was truly jaw-dropped, not even exaggeration, I was jaw-dropped. When he caught that ball on that third down, slipped, got up, and made a play to score with a bum ankle, I was like, this cat is different. Yeah. This cat's different. 32, I see you. 32. I see you shout out. Mr. Miller. He's the man. Yes. Um, I mean, Swift is just absolutely unbelievable. Now I'm not big on paying people paying running backs uh, a contract extension, right? I think they all have a, a shelf life, especially a guy like DeAndre Swift, who is continuously hurt year after year in year out. But he is so different that I think we need to keep him around as long as he's continuing to do this shit that he's doing right now. Really? Yeah. He, Mitch, I I don't think the second that he doesn't play,
0: I think you'll see a complete difference in our offense. I'd really be interested. Not that I want, not that I don't want yeah. him to play, because I want the Lions to to do the best that they can, and that's with him on the field, absolutely. But I would be really, really interested to see that because I have always been in the belief. I guess if you would say my football philosophy is that. I do like it could be a grandma running the football as long as you got the offensive line to make the holes to protect the quarterback You're not gonna have an issue. Typically. I would say you're right I'm a firm believer that these are all professional
1: athletes and that if you put them behind a good old line enough offense will be produced now Where these guys separate themselves is past the second level So yeah, you you provide a hole for an NFL running back. He's gonna hit that hole He might get you three four five yards, right? Mm-hmm how many runs past ten yards has DeAndre Swift had this season?
0: I can't tell you off the top of my. Yeah, head. Yeah, I mean that's
1: a more of a rhetorical question. If and I knew I that, apologize. man, yeah, I would be, yeah, I would be places, dude. Po- point being <laughs> is is that it's a lot. Yes, all uh, right, no, he, he hasn't had they significant volume yet,
0: right? And yet Only he's five rushed rush attempts last e- Sunday. E-
1: exactly, exactly. And I think what do he
0: average ten yards a carry? It had to be because he had a. Uh, well, he had that one really long run that helped him out for sure. Yeah, but that's my point. There. Yeah, that's my
1: point is that he's had he had two of those against Philly, right? And he had one of those last week. He continues to do that, and that's not by mistake. It's not by mistake. Now the offensive line helps him for sure, but he's making guys miss and he's hitting holes that 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 kind of you can't teach vision. Okay, you can't teach elusiveness. You can't teach the ability to shake off a defender, and that's just something he does better than. And I mean this better than anybody else in the NFL.
0: Look, f- fair enough. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. I'm just a little more weary on paying him. But I absolutely agree he's one of the best open field players in the league. And he Yeah, you're right. He's a game changer. Once you get to that second level of the defense where you can get in the open field and make make someone miss. Yeah, not everyone can do that, but every NFL running back can hit the hole. We'll see what happens as as he, you know, matures in his role with the team. Who knows? Could be a series of franchise tags, which is very, very common with that running back position. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Let's get to this, though. The passing game, right? Week one, especially in the beginning of the game, didn't look very good. It looked like golf and the receivers weren't on the same page. You had a couple drops. I know it was, I think, believe it was five drops in the first game. Completely different story with game number two from the start to the finish. Goff looked really sharp. All these receivers looked really sharp. Still had two drops, um, but that's a big improvement from five. Five is way too much to have in one game. Lions actually lead the league uh, in drops with seven. But now that I say that, think about how scary it is that this offense leads the league in drops with seven, and they have the second most points per game, 35.5.
1: It's unbelievable. That's insane. And I, I want to tip my hat to an Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh, yeah. Real quick, because I think we're seeing a star emerge right in front of our eyes. And to be honest with you, I don't think I gave him the respect that that he deserved. If, if we go back to uh, one of our previous episodes we did together, I think you had a bold take about Amon Ra, And I said that his production at, towards the end of last year would be unsustainable, especially with a healthy Team around. Oh, you did say this. Yeah, so much more. I remember this you yeah, so much more options This year. so many more options so many more mouths to feed one rock, you know and I guess for me I just figured that they wouldn't feed him as much as they were feeding him before but I Guess where I was wrong is is that the I'm a big believer that good coaches know To give the ball to your best players your best playmakers go do your thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like force the ball at Cooper Cup force the ball to Jay Jettas, right? Force the ball to Amon Ross St. Brown, force the ball to DeAndre Swift. Those guys are going to make plays that you can't scheme for, right? You, you you drop the play, but these guys make something out of it that they had nothing, they had no intention of doing originally. Right. And with that being said, I think a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be so important to this team going forward. He's going to get a big contract. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a longtime captain on this team. And then you think to yourself, you're like, wow, man. A defense wants to scheme against us. All right, DeAndre Swift, one of the best running backs in the league, if not top three, right? Let's stack the box. All right, go ahead. Stack the box. I'm going to throw it to Amon St. Brown 12 times, right? Oh, we can't do that. We can't stack the box. Let's let's play back a little bit. The, the, the air option, unbelievable. All right, we're going to run it down your throat. All right, well-balanced defense. We're good at stopping the run. We're good stop in the pass. We have a lockdown corner. Throw a lockdown corner, Amon Ross St. Brown. Our front seven's fantastic. We'll stop the run a little bit. Ah, but what did you forget? There's a man that goes by the name of Jameson Williams Uh, who has yet to play a game for this team, Mitch. Yeah. Who, quite literally, next to Tyreek Hill, might be the fastest person in the NFL. The
0: Flash himself. Flash Williams himself. Flash Williams? Flash Williams. Yeah, that Jameson is dead. It's Flash Williams Flash. And I love that. I just Flash came up with that on my head. I mean, actually, I came up with it. But yeah, yeah you, but I put it together. put Williams after Flash. And it works. That. We just did
1: this together right now, and I love it. Flash, Flash Williams. Williams. I'm
0: texting the Lions right now. Yeah, dude, yeah honestly. Send
1: them a tweet. Hey, can we get this going? Yeah. No, but, dude, I'm so excited. This offense is going to have so many options. And I, quite literally, I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck how bad our defense is. I, oh think,
0: my I think our offense might just outscore everybody. Yeah. Hey, and we'll get to it because I feel like there isn't a ton more to say about the passing game. Besides, it just looks really, really good. Ben Johnson is really getting some credit now as probably one of the maybe one of the smarter, more up and coming OCs in the league. Which scares the fuck out of me, because guess what that means? What? They're going to finesse him from us and he's going to get a head coaching gig somewhere. Hey, listen, man. I don't even care. I just want the Lions to win as much as possible with whatever that whatever that I'm, I'm praying that this culture can keep people here. I agree
1: with you. And the one last thing I'd, I'd talk about the passing game is the passer himself.
0: That's what I was going to say. Are we seeing 2018 JG right now? So I,
1: I and that's something I know this isn't on our, on our game script here today, but I, I want to bang your brain about this. OK, because I think this is an interesting topic. I expect us to win, you know, a decent amount of games. I think right around our, our expected total still, right? If we meet that, obviously our defense is piss poor, piss poor, right? 38 points against Philly, even though one pick six, but, um, and obviously they played much better against the commanders, right? But with that being said, would you prefer to use these next two first round picks next year on strictly defense and keep Jared Goff or, Ditch Jared Goff, go with a cheaper option and a younger guy who you could build your offense around. But our offense is humming right now. So Jared Goff might be the guy. And then that creates all this confusion. I want your opinion on it.
0: Yeah, honestly, I don't think it's one that I have to think too much about. I think that being that football is the most team oriented game, I will always think that the team is more important than the individual. I know there are your certain exceptions, your Tom Brady's of the world. Um, I think the list pretty much ends right there with tom brady and obviously like not this tom brady not tablet throwing tom brady i'm talking you know old school throwback tb is really the only guy that i think is more important than the team as a whole and with what i've seen from jared goff so far this year playing really well we too like of course like we have to see how it pans out we have only had two games but if it's more of this, more of what we saw Sunday against the Commanders, I'm absolutely going defense defense with our first two rounders next year because I think Jared got. And I think, like, let's talk about the Super Bowl last year. You know, we're we've seen a lot of Matthew Stafford in our years. You know, obviously he was in Detroit for a long time. We're both Detroit locals. Stafford, we always thought, yes, this is a quarterback that's capable of getting to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't know what your opinion was. That was my opinion. I wasn't saying that Stafford was top five or anything. I was saying, you know, he's somewhere in the eight to 14 range. He's a really good quarterback. You put enough enough guys around him. He can win a Super Bowl. What happened last year? He went to a situation where he had all the pieces stars at every level of the defense receivers to throw it to good old line running backs, good head coach, and he won a ship. Easily, mm-hmm. Mitch. You're not
1: wrong, but what's your opinion on what Matthew Stafford
0: looks like in this offense today? If he were to be in the Lions offense, yeah. Oh, I think he'd look great. Better than golf. He would be better than golf, but this is my point. Golf is already golf already has you. Like I said, week two, golf already has you at the tip te- the tip of the peak. You're your second in the league in scoring. That's, that's not that's not the tip of the peak because we've left we've left points on the board in both games. Okay. Both I guess games. by tip of the peak I meant statistically where they sit. But you no, are I understand right.
1: they have left points I, on the I board. I understand, but like there that's the point. This offense could be so good due to the weapons that we have, and yet we're getting held back. Like Jared Goff missed DJ Chark down the field by four yards, and DJ Chark runs a four three. You can't be missing guys deep that run a 4-3 by 4-5 or five yards. Mm-hmm. His inapt ability to throw the deep ball scares the living piss out of me because of Flash Williams himself, right? He He's going to score. He's going to get six a lot from the deep ball. He's Tyree Kill, right? He's Jalen Waddell. I don't believe in Jared Goff's ability to be able to hit that, to hit that deep ball. And I think he's going to actually take away the 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 superhuman power that JMO has and I it scares Jaymo's the hell out of so me so much more than a deep ball though no he is so much he's more so than that he's not henry Ruggs. i'm not saying he's henry Ruggs. yeah i'm not saying he's henry Ruggs. i'm just saying that is his number one aspect is the ability to run past every single person on that field just like Tyree kill Tyree kill is more than a
0: deep ball guy true true
1: but but i mean you want him to run one route it's fucking go straight as fast as you can yeah you know what i'm saying so it's almost like it's thing. almost
0: like being that fast makes him Makes it makes it easier on him on the receiver because the defense is thinking, well, we just gotta we gotta play deep because he's just gonna burn us. Exactly, he doesn't have to. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So my thought process is, I don't know where I'm at with it yet, and maybe you know what? That's a question we circle back to on a later pod and and say, what are we thinking about? Yeah, that'll be an
0: ongoing discussion. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. We could have a whole episode about Jared Goff towards the end of the season, I think. But as of right now, where I sit today, um, I I would love to see this defense kind of balance out. I would stick with golf. I just don't want to pay him top five money.
0: Oh you yeah, know no, we're, I'm not there either. But no, but
1: you know we're gonna have to if we want to keep him around,
0: especially if he brings this team to a playoff berth. We're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, considering his, yeah, where you, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Listen, where where, where I'm at right now, I guess. With you. I don't want to worry about contracts. I don't want to worry about future. Yeah, it's I early. Just, I just want wins. I want dubs. I want to see how these narratives pan out throughout the season. That's absolutely something that we're going to keep visiting uh, throughout the season as it goes on. Let's wrap up the Lions discussion. We'll go to the other side of the ball, which was a really, I mean, despite giving up a good amount of yards, good amount of points in both of the first two games, was a really exciting, at least in the second game, really exciting to see how the defense played um hutch week one you know start out with the second overall pick in the draft week one I feel like we're like I I I'd be interested to see what you thought about his week one performance because yes I wish that he had uh you know connected more on those pass rushes but I more saw it as look at how much pressure he's getting he's breaking through that line every single time the problem is is Jalen Hurts is back there and it's not Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins or or really anyone else besides you know Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Fields and Kyler Murray, you know, some of the most mobile quarterbacks in the game. If it's your average NFL quarterback back there, I think he's he's uh he's completing most of those sacks and here we are, week 2, 3 sacks. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think?
1: No, man, I I love it, and um, so I had a hunch. I had the same hunch you did, right? So week one, I mean, he was he was getting back there. Uh, but you know, Jalen Hurts turned into road runner and he went meet me and yeah, whoosh,
0: every gone. One of the most frustrating things to watch happen to your football. No team. doubt. I mean, he, so you, frustrating. you could tell he was a rookie, right? He was yeah. over
1: pursuing. He was, he was hungry. He wanted to get that first NFL sack. He wanted to make an impact bad for the city, for this team. You could tell. Mm-hmm. And he was just over pursuing and Jalen Hurts was burning him. I get it. Okay, I think the defense played like shit as a whole against Jalen Hurts. I don't think we're made. I think I think the Lions' defensive demise might be mobile quarterbacks. To be completely honest with you, oh yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, outside of a handful of guys in the league, I mean, most of them are pocket quarterbacks. Which, and/or. by the
0: way, the only I'm pretty sure in the I mean, NFC, there's get, not a lot. You got well, you got Fields twice a year, but he's very very, the, and the Bears as a whole are very limited. Yeah you got you got Josh Allen, but besides that like, they're, I'm not saying they're statues, but they're not the most mobile guys in the world that are on the Josh schedule.
1: Josh Allen's AFC, so we don't even have to worry about well, him until the Super Bowl. Well, but he's on, on the schedule. About, you're talking about they are, Yeah, they're gotcha. on the regular season schedule. Gotcha, gotcha. I was just thinking about in terms of uh, our playoff berth. Right, yeah. But um. But yeah, no, so you're absolutely right. But week two comes around, and, and Carson Wentz, don't get me wrong, he's mobile, but he's not Jalen Hurts, right? Of course. And I had the same hunch you did, and I, took, uh, I, put, I put some cheddar on her on uh hutch to get over half a sack right so it's that big third down and i'm looking at hutch he's on the uh on the far right side he of the looks TV. He looks up to you, gives you the wink. <laughs> no. I got you, Ristic. He's like, "I got you, my boy." No, I looked at him. He he does that signature thing where his hands all the way up like a sprinter, yeah. his back hands He's, all the way he, up. He twitches the leg yeah, a little he, yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and he and he moves the feet. You know when a defensive player's wiggling their fingers in their stance that you're fucked. Oh, you're preaching to the
0: choir, dude. I watched yeah. this I watched that exact thing for 3 years at Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fucked when he starts doing all that, right? So, uh no, I had a
1: hunch and he came out there and he dude, he just performed and He was he was little uh, non-existent in week one in terms of statistics and True, statistics and in week two comes around and, and dude he just balls out and I love that about him because that was the first thing we heard out of out of uh, rookie OTAs this summer was that Kutch, Hutch is so coachable you tell him to do something once you never got to tell him to do it again mm-hmm. he busts his ass Dan Campbell kind of guy I absolutely love it I he performed like a first overall pick on Sunday
0: right and I fucking love that. No, yeah, I'm right there with you. He looked amazing. And I think, like, we'll see. And, and this schedule is definitely going to work in his favor. Like, we saw that. And, and of course, it's harder to grab a guy like a Jalen Hurts, a Kyler Murray, someone that's mobile like that versus a Carson Wentz, a Kirk Cousins, someone who isn't as mobile. But I do think that this schedule, being that there isn't a ton of mobile quarterbacks on the schedule for the Lions, is really going to help Hutch out, especially in especially in his first year. You know, like you don't have to go and, and grab these guys that are uberly mobile or anything like that. I think that's going to help him out a lot. Another guy that I have been very very impressed with also ties into some of my preseason predictions. I had. Uh, Jeff Okuda being at least in the graphic. I know you had a huge issue with this, tape. <laughs> at least being in the graphic for Comeback Player of the Year. And he's been very, very good these first uh, two weeks. Devonta Smith, I don't think I heard his name on, in Week 1. Zero catches. Week 2, Terry McLaurin, pretty much invisible the first half. Zero catches. No, not total, right? He had some...
1: While Okuda was only while on him for the first Okuda half, was on him. Yes. Okuda was on him for the first half. He got zero catches.
0: Added five tackles. He's helping out in the running game. He, he really, really looks like yes. This was very much a case of. Now I'm not going to say that we should have taken him third overall. I'm not a fan of taking no. A corner we should have. He okay. he's a blanket. That man is a blanket. This guy liked This guy loves him some Jeff Okuda. I do. Right? This guy Dude, loves I, him some Jeff. Okuda. What is
1: like? I what was? That, what is everybody missing? He was on a really shitty fucking coaching staff with Trisha Era, who obviously didn't know how to produce and or uh, improve their 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 young players at all, right? And then on top of that, he's had horrible injury luck. Like I said in, the, in the previous set, uh, episodes, to me, this is Jeff Okuda's rookie year. This is his rookie year. I mean, he's, he's balling out right now. He is going to be a top three corner cornerback in the NFL.
0: That's No, that's fair. I wouldn't be surprised by it based off his his first two weeks here. I just don't think that he – I mean, I would have to revisit the draft. Who do we pass up on to take Okuda? Justin Herbert. Okay, yes. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm Herbert all day.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think anyone's going to disagree with you on that at all, but I mean – yeah, hindsight's fucking twenty
0: twenty, but yeah, no, yeah, true. the The point being that we thought that we potentially had a bust on our hands, and it seems through two weeks that that's not the case. That he's back, he's back, baby. That Quinn Trisha, like you said, couldn't do anything with player development. That of course he had some very, very unfortunate injuries. Injuries that didn't help him out in the beginning of his career and now he's finally healthy. He's finally got a legit D-backs coach with Aubrey Pleasant, Aaron Glenn, a legit DC that we, you know, like I said, hope we hope this can this culture can keep some of these coaches like Aaron Glenn, like Aubrey Pleasant, uh like Hank Fraley around. So Alex, the Lions conversation has been had. The first two games have been played. Where I, th- I think it's I think it's safe to say we're 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 pretty happy with with where they're at right now, right? Yeah, I, I listen. It was a must game must win
1: game on Sunday. Absolutely. And we won. So we're at a spot where uh, When we were preseason going down the schedule uh, We're right where we had them. So one and one after two
0: um, Looking good. It's it is September 20th and we are not talking about the draft in Detroit So <laughs> that's a good sign Uh, to close out the Lions talk expectations. That is, that is the topic of today's episode through two games as your expectations changed for the Lions from, from your preseason prediction, Which I would I believe was eight games from you or was it nine? No, sure as hell wasn't nine. Well, maybe it was, I don't, I,
1: don't, I think it was eight. I, I want to say you said eight. Yeah. Seven or eight probably sounds right. Um, would I say, so here's the thing I think, I don't I don't necessarily think my expectations changed. I I still think we're going to win around eight eight games, maybe nine. What I would say is I didn't anticipate us being able to win the division. And now I feel like there's an opportunity to win the division. Now, could I be drinking Kool-Aid after a big win, a dominant win? Sure. But let's take a look at the outside factors. Green Bay is not that good. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look
0: that good. Chicago. He's a frustrated Aaron Rodgers
1: too. He is. The Chicago Bears are in absolute shambles. Okay, they did. They had nine passing attempts on a Sunday night football game where Justin they were down the, the entire The game. Frog. Yeah, that's beside the point. But yeah, and then the Vikings. You know, the Vikings could be good, but last night they laid a dud, and um, they probably suck too, right? I think they're better than us, but through and through, I think we have an opportunity to. Uh, I think we'll sweep the Bears. I think we will split with the Packers and we might get swept by the Vikings, uh, but maybe we win the home game. We'll probably lose this weekend. But my point being is that I think we have an opportunity to win the division because our games against Seattle and uh, Jacksonville help us out a lot playing those last place teams in those divisions as well. So um, I think we have a good opportunity to win this division, which means. I didn't have us going to the playoffs before the season started. So in terms of expectations Slightly um, increased slightly increased. I would have to say that we Can make the playoffs That's my expectations is that we can make the playoffs. I know it's not really sell like I'm not I'm not shooting for the stars here that we can make the playoffs. I just think that Week 18 comes around in Lambeau that game might mean something, right? I
0: look honestly I I don't, I think it's kind of like picky because shit happens in the NFL, right? I think it's kind of picky to slightly increase my win total from seven to eight wins for the Lions. But after seeing what I saw in these first two games, I think they can, I think they will make the playoffs. I just, and and don't get me wrong, I thought the offensive line was going to be good. I just severely, and I think everyone did, underrated how Dominant this offensive line this running game is and really this offense in general I mean Jared Goff looks like apart from from the occasional deep ball, which is not essential to an offense It helps out a lot, but it's not essential this offense is rolling and I think it's one of the best in the league and Now being in the era of NFL football that we're in that is so offensive minded so catered to the offense I really think the sky sky's the limit. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The defense has a lot of room to grow, a lot of work to do. And that is going to hold them back from being one of these, you know, 12 to 13, 14 win teams in the NFL. But I think with how sound they are on the line up front, I, I think they're going to do really, really good things. Of course, you combine that with the schedule. Who knows? Maybe Hutch continues to get better. Malcolm Rodriguez not only looks like a steal in the sixth round, but maybe a steal of the draft. And who knows? sky's the limit. I think they're making the playoffs. I really do. I don't don't think. I don't think. Oh, Oh, you said it. I I do. I do. I don't think. I mean, I really. I, I wish I had. I wish we had a stats guy, like a Jamie from Joe Rogan that just looked shit up for us. I'd be interested to see. The last time and of course is we're two weeks and we have to see the rest of the season pans out if they are on par with this Offensively though, I would be interested to see the last time that a top three offense in the league missed the playoffs
1: Well, I'd like to assume that we're not gonna continue this offensive streak to be honest with you well, you can just get out then. No, No, but like seriously, like 35, 36 points a
0: game is. That, okay. yeah, that. That's but who is? Who is? I'm. I'm saying like. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the
1: Bills might. I, they they've scored forty uh, something last night. They scored what thirty week one. But don't. But do you think like Chiefs I, are I, going to do that shit every week?
0: I think. I think it's not going to be thirty-five points a game, but I do think it's possible that they can be up there top five in the league. Yeah, Absolutely. listen,
1: there's gonna be some games. But I, you want to know the honest. To God truth, Hmm. I think our offense struggles this week in Minnesota. It has nothing to do with the defense. I just I'd like to see we've had the luxury of being at home for two weeks in a row where our offense was able to verbally communicate to each other. And I just I don't see a scenario in which uh, we have an efficient offense in a way game in a dome that's going to be very loud because guess what? We're all tied for first place in the division right now. The Vikings want that win as bad as we do. I'll tell you that right now. They're coming off of a shit game. They're going to be pissed. They're going to be ready to fight. We're coming off of a big, big win, not just any win, a dominant win, a mm-hmm. uh, successful win, emotional win. Success breeds complacency a little bit. I'm hoping Dan Campbell gets these guys right. And and, and he's keeping their mind on, on the right track. But I think there's an opportunity where we struggle offensively and, of course, defensively because that's a given. I think we're gonna struggle defensively most weeks, but I think there's there's a chance that we struggle this week offensively and oh, you know, everyone's gonna start losing cabin pressure and like oh, this offense isn't as I, good as we we thought.
0: And, I could do a whole fucking and I, I understand it, but I, I could really I think do an entire episode. On how frustrated I get that the second the Lions lose a game, the whole fucking city, the oh, faith man. just crumbles, Dude. and and I understand it, but it just it, it frustrates the amount of people who
1: are saying Aiden Hutchinson was a bust after game I one. just wa- you just want to fucking you want to choke him, don't you? It's like, it's like what are you what are you guys talking about? That's that's a twenty one year old's first
0: game ever in the NFL. I know. What like what are we talking about? Uh, it's it's wild. You All know. right, let's get into Michigan State. Probably the worst of the two college football programs in our state. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there for you. Obviously got their ass handed to them last Saturday in Washington against the Huskies. Thorne looked kind of lost first half without Jane Reed. Um, put it together in the second half offensively. It, it looked a lot better, but the story definitely was the Michigan State secondary, which was supposed to be improved you know, with another year of coaching, another year of recruiting, another year of transfers, development, uh, and being coached by Mel Tucker. But it seems so far that, you know, being that they played their first real level of, of Division One Power Five competition, and Washington is not even that great. I mean, who knows how the season will pan out, but as of right now, no one holds them in very high of a regard. And, and Michael Penix just Quite honestly, pick them apart all night long. Well, there's there's
1: something about that that um, gave me a little deja vu. So, Michael Penix has MSU's number going on for a while now. So, I kind of anticipated him having a really good game, but not to make excuses. I just I, I just know Michael Penix has our number the flat out right but on top of that our defense sucks balls Yeah, it sucks balls and we're obviously we're missing two of our best starters. We lost them for the year. That's troublesome And uh, as Mel Tucker said, he's a he's a horse coach right now, right? Uh, not that I truly believe that but He understands that we outperformed our expectations last year So now our expectations were much higher going into this year Do, do we ever deserve to be ranked 11th in the nation? Not a shot wasn't even close. Right. And what are we now? Are we unranked? I think we might be I, I think we might have dropped out, honest to God. Because we lost to an unranked oh team. God. Not no, no not only do we lose to an unranked team, we got our ass whooped. Right. But something I wanted to talk to you about, and you said Peyton Thorne looked lost in the first half without Jaden Reed. I would like to argue that through two games prior to this game, Thorne sucked balls through and through. I mean, he has not played well at all. He was underwhelming against Western despite him throwing four scores. I, think, I mean, that game was predicted to be a blowout regardless. Um, I think our playmakers made plays. Our, we didn't really rely on the run game too much, and he was forced to throw the ball. But, I mean, he was missing deep passes. He was throwing horrible, horrible, accurate passes. Um, his intermediate passes were, were way off the mark. He just looked horrible through and through. And then go to the second game. um, Obviously run heavy attack against Akron, but I mean we we couldn't put together a a smooth drive once in that game Even the drives we scored on it was like relying heavy on Broussard or Burger to to figure it out and get our greasy third downs for us Where in terms of where we were last year, we just it seemed like we had a much balanced much more balanced offense through and through And I think it shows, again, we talked about this before, but how valuable Kenneth Walker was to this offense, not only to his running ability, but what he opened up for a guy like Peyton Thorne, who honestly probably isn't as good as he performed last year. I think he was one of the people who outperformed his expectations, and he probably wasn't as good as, as he showed us to be. And I think he took advantage of such a strong run game and such a great athlete in Kenneth Walker that it opened up a lot of things for him in the passing game. But I don't think that's who he is. He's not good. Um, we're we're fucked. <laughs> we're fucked. We're, uh, he's not good. Uh, we're fucked. Right? We are. I'll tell you right now with our secondary, I don't. I, I Mitch, I don't care what the Ohio State spread is. If it's anything less. Than thirty, it's the over. <laughs> I am hammering Ohio State. They are gonna cook on us. Marvin Harrison and Smith and Jigba are going to each have 150 yards on us in two, in two scores.
0: Yeah, I mean it's bad. I mean some numbers once again early. Only three games, but they're currently clocked in as 103rd ranked secondary in the nation uh, out of 131 programs after three games, <laughs> giving off giving up 12 point 20 yards per completion um and it looks the thing that makes it look extra bad too is that the first two games against uh against Western and A- Akron yeah yes against Western and Akron you kind of dominated for the like for the most part like uh, like it, most of this of the like you being ranked 103 that comes from one game against Washington like it was that bad not it doesn't look good for you guys i would agree you guys you, you guys are probably fucked No, we're not probably fucked. We are fucked. Mel Tucker
1: set way too high of expectations. Uh, That's first and foremost. Secondly, I would like to announce that um, to sound the alarms, we paid Mel Tucker way too early. Um, Not to say that he doesn't deserve it, but, again, I don't think the season he had last year was necessarily due to his ability of coach. I just think we had a lot of good guys who were able to put things together that put him in better places. But, like, let's be honest. If we're going down the schedule, like, all right, we're playing Minnesota next. That should be an easy dub. Like, not even not even a little bit, right? Then after that, we have Maryland. Again, another right. easy dub. But after that, Ohio State. And that's when I think our season goes down to the shitter. We get our ass kicked by Ohio State. We're in bad vibes. We got Wisconsin the next week, who also sucks. But that's just a game we're going to lose. Even though it's at Spartan Stadium, that's huge. But after that, we have Michigan. So it's a little bit of a gauntlet. Not too, not too easy of teams going through there. Um, and then it gets a little bit easier after that. But we finish the season with Penn State,
0: right? Who looks better
1: than expected. And it's at Penn State.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one.
1: It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. And that's a, I think that's going to be a game where we're going to need to win it to get our sixth win.
0: Shit you not. So where I, and forgive me, I don't remember where you had stayed prior to the season beginning. Do you feel like your expectations have changed since then? Yes. How severe? Yeah, uh,
1: it's very severe. I I don't think I realized how important Kenneth Walker was to this team, and I don't think I realized how well they outperformed themselves last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We had, the, the transfer portal was supposed to do us dandy. Uh, those guys really aren't playing to the best of their ability right now. Our, our, running, our running game looks good. Uh, the little thunder and lightning combo between Berger and Broussard looks awesome. Um, and, and that's what Michigan State does, and that's what they've been doing since D'Antoni. You know what I'm saying? like we, All the way back from D'Antonio, we used to run the ball like nobody else's business, right? We never used to throw the ball. That was actually uh, one of our demise. We would run on first, second, and third, you know? Like yeah. that's, that's just what MSU did. Just fucking load
0: the box. You ain't got to worry about it, Chief. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. So, I mean, honestly... I think MSU has some decent athletes at receiver, but without Jaden Reed, we're screwed. And Payton Thorne is not good. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Um, congratulations to the University of Michigan for oh my having two no, quarterbacks just... better oh, than okay, okay. than, All right, good. than uh, MSU's one quarterback. And also congratulations to the University of Michigan for uh for beating Michigan State. All right, this year.
0: that's the one. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, 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 nope. nope. That's yeah, the one you weren't allowed to say. I,
1: I, I said it. Congratulations, you guys are uh, now one and two uh, against Mel
0: Tucker. Well done. I don't even know how to react to that because there's not, now. Now you said that there's no way that Michigan wins this game this year. <laughs> yeah. I have been. Alex, do you understand the trauma that I have been through as a Michigan sports fan when we play Michigan oh, State? Man, it's at the big house. The fucking Halloween sea weekend. will Part. It will rain gold. Anything will happen in this universe for Michigan State to beat Michigan. It happens. Now, you're, just, you're just
1: trying to reverse jinx it, and I respect the hell out of that. Good for you, but let's be honest. Uh, J.J. McCarthy looks like the white Lamar Jackson. Um, he is super, super fast. Super fast. I did not know he had that kind of speed, by he's the way. Quick. He's quick. He's not even quick. Like He is straight sprinter fast. Sprinter fast.
0: I remember hearing believe if we were going off forties, I think he would have the second or third fastest forty of any quarterback in the in the NFL right now if he was in it. Well, like I said, Lamar.
1: Like yeah, he's yeah, he's,
0: yeah. he's yeah. Yeah. What, like, Lamar like, is a pretty La- good comp.
1: Yeah, like Lamar would probably dust him in a race, but Lamar would probably dust everybody in a race and then after that I'd probably I'd probably go Kyler and then after that it's probably it's probably JJ McCarthy. And he could throw the ball too. Not to go on off on a Michigan tangent, but how was this even a debate
0: like going into this year? With JJ and Cade? Yeah. Just because Kate did well for you last year. Look, that that's something that I'm going to dive into By at, 1206. <laughs> uh, uh, at twelve oh <laughs> yeah yeah the the Doug Cars class. And we'll get to that at twelve oh six. Yeah, no, that's something I'm going to dive into myself on a solo episode. But I had I was very very puzzled because, and we'll make this very quick because we do have to wrap up the episode. But the word coming out of Michigan camp was that Cade looked like one of the most improved players on the team, that he looked even better than he did last year. And then who knows why? Like, look, did Cade look, was he that horrible in his his limited amount of time that he played in the first three games? No. The issue is that JJ just looked so effing amazing (laughs) in the time that he played in those three games. So... We're going to cut it there. We thank you guys for listening once again. Mitch McCartney, Alex Ristic with the football talk here on the Muller City Sound, brought to you by Rise Network US. We'll see y'all next time we get together. Thanks for having me, buddy. Go Lions, one pride,
1: Minnesota on the ticker. Yes, sir. At 12 06. <laughs>